Can the Denver Broncos win over eight games in 2023? We're a long ways away from games being played, but a lot of sportsbooks have the Broncos at a certain win total. How can they get past that and more? You get that on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day to get the latest episode as soon as it is available. Make sure you follow or subscribe for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside as always by my co-host and good friend, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. Sarah, the question of the day, can the Denver Broncos win over eight games in 2023? A lot of the major sports books have come out with their early release on projected win totals and the Broncos in a majority of them came in at eight and a half. We can say, we can answer, yes, they're going to win more. No, they're not going to win more than eight games. But I feel like if we're going to talk about this, let's break it down from the standpoint of how can they win more than eight games in 2023? How can they do it? Because they do have one of the toughest schedules in the league once again. And of course, that comes as a byproduct of playing in the AFC West, right? You play against the Chiefs twice a year. You play against the Chargers twice a year. Those two teams weigh pretty heavily, I would say, towards the Broncos, you know, strength of schedule, right? So I think that's one thing to consider here. When you look at strength of schedule, you look at the opponents that you're playing, you look at, hey, you're playing the fourth place schedule from last year, but there were some flukes on, you know, around the NFL as, you know, as we've talked about on this show, how weird the 2022 NFL season was, Cody. So it, the Broncos aren't necessarily going to get an easy road to those eight or nine wins this season. And by the way, as we're recording this video, uh, I'm celebrating my son's sixth birthday today. So the the thing is, is that he was born after their last winning season, right? The 2016 season where Trevor Simeon was the starting quarterback. That was the last time the Broncos had a winning season, Cody. So it's been a long time. I mean, I I've had multiple children in the time that it's taken for the Broncos to potentially even get back to this level, but how can they do it? Well, I don't know exactly how they're going to do it, but I think they're on the right course right now. Love listening to Sean Payton talk. I know we discussed a lot of that on yesterday's episode, but I just feel, especially after hearing him speak, don't you just feel a bit more confident that if the Broncos are going to get to that eight or nine wins, you know, almost doubling what they had last year, if they're going to get there, it feels like Sean Payton is definitely the right guy to have in that place to get them there. He is the guy to have. And I feel more confident about that, right? I know we had all of our questions about who's going to be the Broncos head coach. Do they avoid going the first year head coaching route? Do they go with the experienced guy? Sean Payton seemingly was the best candidate for the job. 
I, I do think as well, right? I mean, you mentioned it. Eight wins. You play the AFC West opponents, you play them a total of eight times, right? If you can dominate the division, there you go. But that's going to be a tough task. Not only that, Denver's going to play the AFC East, which right now, on paper, on paper, looks like it could be a very, very good division. Aaron Rodgers potentially going to the New York Jets. You look at the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. They're loaded. You look at the Miami Dolphins. They just added Vic Fangio as their defense coordinator, making already good defense even better. And there's a wild card there with the New England Patriots. Could they be a team that maybe emerges to trade for Lamar Jackson? That's been something that has been talked about. So you look at that. Then you look at the NFC North, the Detroit Lions, who are unbelievably talented. They're also a candidate, I think, you know, Potentially for a Lamar Jackson type situation. But then you got the Green Bay Packers. What will they look like with Jordan Love? Then you also have the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, you know, George Payton's former stomping grounds. And then you have the Chicago Bears who are seemingly having a great offseason. They might have had the best offseason outside of the Carolina Panthers on paper. Then you know, you, you play some other teams like the Houston Texans. It, it sprinkle things in. Denver's schedule, as you mentioned, right now on paper, Sarah, it isn't going to be easy. It's going to be tough. But that's why you go out and you hire a guy like Sean Payton who can instill and build a culture. I mean, that's the hope. You're going to build a culture that is going to make you a winning football team, not only just on the field, but off the field. The way you prepare, you're going to be a winner in that regard. He even talked about that, too, like, you know, in terms of old guys, young guys, you know, veterans, young guys that haven't won yet here in the NFL on the Broncos roster, you know, how do you teach these guys to win? You know how you do that? You just win. You seriously just go out there and you find ways to win. But I think it's going to be calculated, right? And in order to do that, culture has to be different. Coaching has to be better. Denver has made steps to do that. The offense in particular has to be better. The defense has to continue to play at a high level. And you have to be more consistent in the kicking game and the special team side of the ball. These are all just like action item list that Denver has to do, right? The how and the olive branches to like, how do you actually do that? What are the things that you put forth to make that happen? I think it's protecting the quarterback. When we're talking about the offense, it's being able to have a balanced run game versus the pass game. It's guys staying healthy. There are so many things that you can only control as a coach. Players have to do it, but that's where good coaching comes in, and we've seen it. I, I think you look at the Detroit Lions as a more recent example as to how good coaching can overcome a lot of things. Like, you look at Detroit, they didn't have, like, the, the, the most playmakers on their roster. Like, of course, they got guys like Amon Ross St. Brown. They had Jamal Williams before he went to the New Orleans Saints, but... It's coaching. It's instilling that belief in your players that you can win games. You can do things. Dan Campbell did that with that Lions squad. Can Sean Payton do that with this Denver Broncos team that has more experienced players, that has more playmakers on offense and defense? I think some of those teams that we talked about, to me, these are all the things that I'm looking at. And we don't have an answer as of today, but I do feel like under Sean Payton, Sarah, and I want to know your thoughts on this. I do feel like the Broncos can win more than eight games this upcoming season. It's not going to come easy, but it is doable. I think so as well. You know, you look at this team, it's it's a team that's been on the cusp of being a winning team for a few years now. Remember back to Vic Fangio's first season with a team, right? In 2019, that team won seven games, right? And then you go to the 2020 season, obviously you have all these injuries and things like that. 2021, you kind of get back to the point to where, remember, 
that team was a sleeping giant when George Payton took over. That was the team that's a quarterback away from being a, you know, possible contender. And so I think that this Broncos team is really, really close. And speaking of close, here's one area where I think Sean Payton is going to make a massive, massive difference. You're talking about situational football. You're talking about doing the little things right late in games. Where have the Broncos struggled? Maybe more than most teams. I don't have the official statistic on this, Cody, in terms of where they would rank. But in one-score games, where do the Broncos rank in terms of wins and losses? I would guess that they are very, very bad when it comes to winning or losing one-score games over the last, you know, however many years since, seven years since Super Bowl 50, right? So that's one area where I think this team is going to be exponentially better. And that's what I think gets you to the to that 8-9 win mark, right? The Broncos, quite frankly, in 2022, as bad as their offense was, there are a couple of bounces of the ball, you know, and even just being a little more lucky, there are a couple bounces of the ball away from hitting this over-under total, right? They're, they're, and they could have easily been an eight or nine win team in 2022 obviously it ended up they they were only a five win team but man the ball bounces the other way you know i i think things could have been a lot different so with sean payton you're gonna be you may be a little more lucky at times we may we may look at some games and be like wow the broncos are lucky to come away with that one but then we can point back to this episode here in late march and say it's not luck. It's Peyton doing those little things, instilling that culture of doing the little things right that really helped the Broncos get over that hump of winning close one-score games. We'll see if it can transition into success here in 2023 for Denver going forward under Sean Payton's direction. We're also going to dive into Greg Penner, team CEO who met with the media at the NFL annual meetings in Phoenix, Arizona, and he discussed why the Broncos had the approach that they did in NFL free agency. You'll get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This episode of the show was brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook, and the tournament is heating up, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one one sportsbook. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Greg Penner at the NFL owner meetings in Arizona talked about the Denver Broncos maybe not always spending hundreds of million dollars in NFL free agency. Cody, I'm excited to talk about this particular topic because we got to hear from head coach Sean Payton. We got to hear from general manager George Payton. And then a media scrum came around Broncos owner CEO Greg Penner, part of the Walton Penner ownership group. He talked about this team's strategy in free agency, right? This is his and the ownership group's first NFL free agency. Remember, they came aboard as the ownership group kind of late in the offseason last year. So this is their first go at free agency, and they made resources available to George Payton, to Sean Payton. They made sure that these guys had what they needed. We heard the report from Mike Kliss right before free agency that the, the, the brain trust all got together. They decided, okay, we got here's what assets we have available. And it kind of just looks like Greg Penner was like, hey, boys, the checkbook is open. Let's have a go at this. Uh, but he did emphasize, Cody, I think this is interesting – 
He did emphasize, obviously, the Broncos don't have a ton of draft capital this year, so they needed to approach free agency this way. Doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to see this every single year going forward. I, I think it's an interesting thing, right? Because we have always talked about, especially when the Walton Penner family ownership group came on board, like, you know, hey, if Denver wants something, they can just, you know, open the checkbook and write it and, you know, hey, here's a blank check, go do what you need. I, I think it would be wise not to do this every year, right? And I think that the circumstances surrounding Denver's offseason right now of, hey, we only have five picks in a 2023 NFL draft. We don't have a first. We don't have a second. So we need to address all these needs that we have in NFL free agency, which is how Sean Payton, George Payton operates anyways. You never want to draft based on need. And I, I think really that's where, you know, Rob Walton has been a very, very big support here. The ownership group has been a big support for what Denver has to do. I do agree. You don't want to do this every single year, but it doesn't hurt that you have the opportunity to do so if you absolutely 110% need something. And we've seen that. They went out and they rebuilt the offensive line. A lot of money committed to Mike McGlinchey and Ben Powers at two positions there, right? You have Garrett Bowles locked in as it stands. Quinn Miners on a rookie contract. Lloyd Cushenberry as the seemingly projected starter, according to Sean Payton. So there is the Broncos offensive line right there is as you and I discussed on a recent episode this week kind of break it down maybe what it looks like outside of that too I think it was interesting to know from Greg Penner that he said hey we went into this meeting we said these are the guys that we want and we aggressively pursued them and from the sounds of it they got every guy that they wanted which I think is great I think it is too, Cody, and I can't help but wonder if Greg Penner, he's obviously pretty good at playing the game, right? We know there were reports about Alan Lazard. We know there were reports about Adam Thielen. I don't think Greg Penner is necessarily going to go out there and be like, oh yeah, we you know, we tried for these wide receivers, didn't get those guys. I think that he's obviously talking about the major acquisitions, right? There were maybe some things in the works that the Broncos had at other positions, but also even if they did aggressively pursue guys like Lazard and Adam Thielen, and maybe those guys weren't necessarily the top priorities, right? If you had trade offers on the table for those other receivers that we've been talking about basically the last two weeks, if there were offers on the table and you could say, hey, if we sign Alan Lazard, we're going to take this. I don't think, again, the Greg Penner, he's not going to come out there and talk about these things, right? So you got to understand that what he's talking about here when he talks about getting those top priorities is the offensive line. And that has been a major emphasis. Sean Payton talked about that at the scouting combine. Remember, Remember that he talked about he talked about that all the way back when he was hired, talking about how man the offensive line is something. And then he talked about the the game tape, you know, that he watched for the offense in 2022. He's like, man, that was tough to that was tough to watch. Like you could just you could feel the pain in Sean Payton's voice there when he's talking about it. But Greg Penner, it was just as painful for him, right? Because he made the decision, the tough decision, along with the rest of the ownership group, to fire Nathaniel Hackett before the end of last season and to get this process going. He was the one who, you know, got into like they you had I think it's easy to forget this. It feels like it was a year ago at this point. You had to get permission to talk to Sean Payton from from a, a number of different avenues you had to go through. You had to have Sean Payton want to come and be part of your organization. I think Greg Penner's you know, his influence over this offseason 
it's quite frankly been very underrated, hasn't it, Cody? I mean, we talk about new ownership. What's it going to be like for them operating? They've never been in, in the NFL before. They don't know what this is like. I don't know. I feel like Greg Penner's obviously proving to be quite sharp in terms of the business side of the NFL and obviously being very resourceful for his coach and his general manager at a time when the Denver Broncos desperately needed it. I think they've answered a lot of questions, right, of skepticism that before they came on board fully as the new controlling owners of the franchise, I think a lot of fans had these questions. And I I look at the Walton Penner family ownership group, and we know that, hey, the business side, they're they're masters at. But how are they going to get acclimated to the football side? I, I think that Greg Penner has done a fantastic job so far, at least from a perception standpoint. You got guys like Damani Leach, who I think have that perfect blend of not only just football experience, but also the business side of the NFL as well. That's beneficial. You have George Payton. Now you have Sean Payton on board as well. And we know that Penner has consulted. Like, I mean, he's been in touch with the league office through various stages uh, of the first season really as the controlling owner, especially when it comes to injuries and things like that. But also, I think he's also tapped into some of his resources as well. I think that he's had conversations with Peyton Manning behind the scenes about some football stuff. He's getting different perspectives from a lot of people who have been around the game. And then he's factoring in, he's consulting with obviously the people he trusts most. Damani Leach, obviously Kerry Walton Penner, Rob Walton, Condoleezza Rice, Sean Payton, George Payton, everybody that's getting involved here. It means that no decision is going to be made just abruptly based on a whim, based on, you know, a hunch. They're going to make calculated decisions because every decision has a risk association with it. And I'm excited to see. But I think this is a great question we could throw out here to people who are listening here in Broncos country. Are are we at a point where the fan base, where you in particular How confident are you now in the Broncos ownership group based on the things that you have seen? That's something, if you're watching on YouTube, drop it in YouTube comments down below. Right now, we want to know what your confidence level is in the Walton Penner family ownership group. I can speak for myself, Sarah. I've been pleasantly surprised with what we have seen from them so far. I have as well. And one other note that I think is worth really bringing up is this, that Greg Penner dropped this in his interview with the media scrum. He said that part of the consultation process of hiring a new head coach involved former Denver Broncos head coach and now ring of famer, hopefully soon to be hall of famer, Mike Shanahan, which I think is great. Like just think about that at, at surface level, right? Mike Shanahan consulting the new Denver Broncos ownership group in their head coach search. What does that show that this ownership group values? Well, they're valuing the winningest head coach in Denver Broncos history, right? The, 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 maybe one of the most important figures, if not on par with John Elway, right beneath John Elway or right along. I mean, he's got to be right alongside him, right? Mike Shanahan, he has changed changed so much about this Denver Broncos franchise, the history of that franchise, the the whole the whole legend of the Denver Broncos wouldn't be what it is without Mike Shanahan, right? And the way that he constructed that team in the late 90s and got them over. I know it wasn't just him by himself, but I love that the new ownership group is looking at this combination of, hey, we're doing surveys with the the fan base. We're doing we're, we're asking people their thoughts on a new stadium or stadium renovations or jerseys. We're asking the, the most successful head coach in team history who is no longer actually affiliated with this team. We're asking him to consult on this head coach hiring process and 
wouldn't you know, as fate would have it, Cody, the Broncos went ahead and hired another Eastern Illinois alumni, Mike Shanahan, obviously one of the most famous alumni from there, Sean Payton, Tony Romo. Those guys all went to Eastern Illinois, something in the water there. Jimmy Garoppolo as well. But, I mean, isn't it interesting that Mike Shanahan and his consultation, I'm not saying that he chose the head coach by any means, but it's very fascinating to me that Greg Penner dropped that that note about him being consulted in the process. And I just love that from all angles. I think it's such a great way to value somebody who's been so important to the history of the franchise, but also why would you not ask the winningest coach in, in team history, hey, who would you hire to turn this thing around? I like that insight there, especially about you know him being able to. So I, it also goes back to like this respect factor, right? Because obviously things didn't end for Mike Shanahan very well in Denver. I know a lot of things have kind of been repaired along the way. I, I love that that was a, something that you know tied into everything. But in terms of some other things impacting this franchise, could the Broncos get some brand new uniforms here in the near future? We'll discuss that and much more on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Real quick, you listen to Lockdown Broncos every single day is your first listen. Now for your second listen after the show, make sure you check out Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise. Every Monday through Friday, you can find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. New uniforms in the Mile High City. Something could be brewing here for Broncos country in the next couple of years. Damani Leach gave an update on where the Broncos are with that design here. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Sarah, one of the things that we have heard from Broncos country, we see it all the time on Twitter, new uniforms. We're seeing you know great mock-up designs. The Broncos are consulting, obviously, you know, with their in-house guys with Nike on a variety of different things. But new uniforms are something that are potentially in the works for the Broncos. But I know fans want it right now. I think it's important that they understand that this is a process that could take years in order to come to fruition. So there's going to be some other things along the way, including an alternate helmet, which we could see here in 2023. Well, and I hope we do, right? Because if if the Broncos aren't going to get new uniforms anytime uh, until the next couple years down the road, which I think is a smart idea, really play play the long game there. In the meantime, however, you could appease just about every fan, couldn't you, by throwing in those the '80s and '90s uniforms, right? I, I think that would—that's pretty much what everybody's seen. Just not to the really yellow, want. orange, like not the yellow exactly. and brown ones that we saw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or the one with the the wacky horse on the on the helmet, Cody. I'm not a fan. I know a lot of people like that one with kind of like the rounded off shoulder logo and things like that and the wacky Bronco on the helmet. It's not my thing, no. not my favorite logo. I actually quite find this logo to be one of the most iconic logos in the NFL. I think that the Denver Broncos had a great rebrand in the late nineties that yes, may need a refresh at this point, but just to go back to the block numbers and the, the simple stripes, that's kind of, I, I like that, but not, I don't know. Everybody seems to think that's, that's what we need. Obviously the Broncos changed out of that after 20 plus years of having it. So it's just an interesting situation here with, but, but don't you think, 
like the fans and maybe sound off in the comments if this is not the way you think. I feel like the Broncos could they could just mix in that old 90s, 80s uniform style with the, you know, the sky blue helmet or whatever color, whatever kind of specific blue it is. I know there's tons of arguments over that on Twitter as well, but the the sky blue helmets with the white face mask, the orange tops or the white. I, that's another thing. I would love to see a white version of the color rush. Like why, why have the Broncos never done that? That makes no sense to me. That would be that would be actually way better than the orange on orange one. So I think you could appease a lot of people by just throwing in throwbacks a few times a year. And now with the new helmet rule, they have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, I mean, for me as well, do they – because remember, wasn't it like when Peyton Manning came on that they made the transition from the blue jersey as their home jersey to the orange? It was kind of that whole united and orange prospect in which they were talking about. I mean, with everything changing, with the Broncos changing – do maybe they change the home uniform color, right? Not to like change the color entirely, keep it within the team structure, but instead of orange, do you change it back to blue? You know, do you, I think it's a valid point and a valid question to ask here. I, I also wouldn't be opposed to seeing them modernize things a little bit, right? How can they take what they have right now and then kind of add some new touches to it that make it a little bit more modern to how things have evolved here? At the end of the day, we all understand you look good, you feel good, you play good, you play good, they pay good, they pay good, you live good, and then, you know, obviously, you know, you'll die good one day. Outside of that, the uniform conversation is... I think a very intricate topic to people in Broncos country, to fans alike, because you want to see the stadium packed out in a certain color. I honestly believe that Empire Field at Mile High, being in the press box and seeing the whole wide scope of the stadium when fans are in, I think I like seeing it in all orange versus all blue. I've seen it in all blue and it's like, okay, you know, it's all right. But the, the orange is different. It's more appealing to the eye. I feel very strongly about that. And I think maybe we can kind of leave a question on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Broncos country, what would you do in a sense of, would you change the home jersey color? Would you keep it orange? What are your thoughts on what the Broncos should do? And as we've mentioned, this could be a process that takes two to three years before anything happens, before anything gets made official to where Denver can have a new one because everything has to be in compliance with the NFL. Obviously, partners at Nike, Team Creative, they come up with designs, but it takes time to accelerate that process. So we will see how things go here for the Broncos on the uniform side of things. Damani Leach. Very, very open about maybe some of the things that they've gotten from fans, what they've gotten from their creative team with Nike, but it is something that is going to take time. And with that said, that will wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. We appreciate you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day every single day. Make sure you subscribe or you follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, so you never miss out on an episode as soon as it's made available. On tomorrow's episode of the show, Sarah and I, we're going to dive into the conversation about how did the Broncos moves in NFL free agency maybe move the needle for them inside the AFC West in comparison to the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Raiders? How much better did the Broncos get in comparison to the AFC West? We'll talk about that on tomorrow.